Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Find the Imposter. I'm your host, Red Spaceman. I'm uh, I'm joined today by uh, Green Spaceman, Matt, and Blue Spaceman, Kieran. <coughs> uh, un- un- unbeknownst to all of us, there is an imposter among us. And they're, they're, they're feeling pretty sus. But it's not a person. It's a fan fiction. I see. And on... Uh, and and on that note, I have for you all uh, a fan fiction entitled "Over the Moon for You," a crib def x AOC as Alexandria Ocasio Cortez set in Among Us. That's um, that's the United States government representative. If you didn't know who Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is, very, very highly polarized uh, figure. We yep. won't be going. We won't be going into our feelings on her. We're just going to be reading the story. Uh, this was written by a guy named I don't know what I'm doing. Zero eleven. Me neither. Would uh, you like to narrate it, or shall I? I shall narrate. I will read the description before we continue. When Alexander, what can I just like to point out that uh, as of right now, only twenty two people have viewed this so far. It says fifty nine for me. I'm, I'm, I'm at a I'm at 128 reads on the what story. the fuck? So... <laughs> okay, right, whatever. So Somewhere in the just... between 20 and 100. Go ahead. Description for me. When Alexandria Ocasio Cortez volunteered to help a broken down space station, she had no idea of the horrors that awaited her, or she fell in love with a British rapper named Crib Death. Trigger warning: gore, mentions of sex, Family Guy, and tragedy. <laughs> Those are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Author's note, background info before reading. In this head cannon, like the, like the weapon, there are dorms south of storage. There's a room for every two people. You can only get into your room with the keycard. Crewmates, JF, Lime, AOC, Blue, Pokimane, Pink, Crib Death, Purple, Toast, Cyan, Steve, Green, formerly Leafy, and Peter, equal brown. Chapter 1. Accusations. AOC drummed her fingers on the dull blue table. She attempted to hide her nervousness, but she didn't know if her front was convincing. She's projected herself as a confident leader since she first stepped on the station, but it's easy to be fearless when nothing is wrong. That confidence had just been blasted away like the asteroid she had shot down just an hour ago. It was all a lie. She was in crisis. How long had she been lying to herself? Why had her skills disappeared when she needed them most? She sighed. She couldn't let the others see her fear. They were scared enough already. She glanced across the table. There he sat, slouched in his chair, reclined and relaxed. Not an ounce of negative emotion on his face. His medium-length, soft brown hair was swept back in a relaxed style. Black sunglasses covered his eyes and a well-groomed beard adorned his face. <laughs> in smooth, pale skin shining in the bright light of the room, crib death. She always had admired his fearlessness and intellectual skill. He always fixed lights when no one else would. He always accompanied others when they didn't want to come alone. His musical talent and lyrical genius flooded the station while he completed tasks. It always relaxed her, soothing her stress. How he did it, she did not know. But she admired it. Just seeing him calmed her nerves. She wanted to thank him, but she wouldn't know what to say. She continued 
glancing around the room. Toast glared at her from across the room, his steely gaze tearing into her soul. He blamed her. She okay, now hold on. Would like to I will play Toast, but hold on. Imagine describing someone as fearless and intelligent. And the first thing you think to describe them as doing is replacing the fucking lights. <laughs> oh, oh, Kieran, God. that was so manly how you screwed the ball bin with your fucking hands. Thank you for doing that, you fearless, intelligent man. Well, well, if if the if the if the uh, the classic outdated joke of how many women does it take to screw in a light bulb is true, that is a man task. <laughs> yeah, for a second there, I lost where we're at. So he said, "Kieran," and I got really terrified that my name was being used in this travesty. <laughs> All, right, All right, I'm gonna go. Start us off. <clears throat> Let's start the meeting. Oh, sad mouth, clear in his voice. Crib death followed his gaze. He was staring at AOC. It worried him. What had ha happened? I reported a body in reactor. Post explained, finally breaking his glare at AOC to look around the room. The body was... Pokemon. No! Not my favorite e-girl! No! <laughs> Nervous whispers erupted around the room. Leafy had been kicked from the space program a month before. Had he found a way back onto the station? According to some rumors, he was sitting on a large amount of money from his investments. He had just been spending it on Adderall. To find a way to get back into space. Space. Toast recognized their fear. It's not Leafy. The quelled the whispers. Toast must have some evidence of who if it was, if he knew it wasn't Leafy. Toast turned his gaze back to AOC and the rest of the room followed. When I walked into the reactor, I saw AOC standing over her body. She didn't report. Toast said accusatorily. <laughs> AOC froze as arguments erupted around her. Her mind flashed back. The crimson splatter on Pokey's pink suit. The sickening cavity in her torso. The guts spilling out of her chest. The ribs sticking out of her chest. The blood pooling on the floor beneath her. The frozen expression of pain stuck on her face. She shook as she remembered. She watched as friends turn their vicious gaze on her. Accusations were unrelentingly lobbed at her. She stumbled over her words. She tried to defend herself. She crumpled in her seat as it returned against her. Who would like to be crib death? I think by default it has to be Kieran, but I can oh do it God. if you don't want. I ain't no preacher. This ain't no sermon. <laughs> I don't know how else. I don't know who this person sounds no, like. Fun, funny. <laughs> He's a British rapper, so I guess I provide. <laughs> crib, crib death's beautiful voice cut through the noise. AOC pushed herself up from her crumpled state in her seat. I'm gonna fucking stick with it anyways. Or do I wanna go British? It's up to you. Yeah, You're you the want. voice actor here. Anyways, it's gonna change five minutes from now, anyways. Rude, that's what you are. The distance from the truth is far. <laughs> he continued. His words gave her determination to push through her fear. I had only been here, only been there a short time before you got there, Toast, she said defiantly. I was scared and I froze. Uh, I'm not gonna make that joke. Uh. <laughs> 
She was my best friend. I had no reason to do this. You're a liar! Toast yelled. Killed her! And even if you didn't, by not reporting it, you let the killer get away with it! Rage flowed through Crib Death's veins. <laughs> you, you a nasty ass, greasy ass, classless, assless, pass on this, bitch tits, wouldn't suck that dick if it had Beyonce's tickets. The room went to shock. Toast stammered as he tried to respond. <laughs> you joke! You can't rap for shit, and you broke! Crip <laughs> Death yelled, pushing his chair back as he stood up in a rage. No. your ass! He no. said to the room. Calling yourself a real man? Man, we're out this bitch! Let's just skip Let's just vote. skip vote. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> the two Jeff said, trying to de-escalate the situation. Crib Def voted Toast out of spite before storming out of the room. AOC watched him leave the room. She felt some great desire to run after him. Everyone had betrayed her in her most valuable moments. He was the only one who cared. She ran after him, not caring what anyone else would say. She ran through storage, finally reaching the dorms. He stood just outside the door to his room. Crib Def. <laughs> She called out. He stopped and turned towards her. She ran up to him, closing the gap between them. Thank you. She said with tears in her eyes. He just smiled. A flirty smirk crossed her face. What can I do to repay you? I don't do penetration. Let me re-entertain my... Wait, what? Reiterate. It's you. Okay. It's you. I don't do penetration. Let me retire my statement. I don't do penetration. What? Reiterate. Reiterate. Oh, okay. Okay. She she felt embarrassed. What was what was she thinking? It's you again, Kieran. Okay. <laughs> Don't misunderstand. The only job I need from you is with your hands. She said, seeing her face. <laughs> she smiled at the realization they disappeared into his room. Uh, Matt, would you like to would you like to narrate the second chapter? I sure will. The two were inseparable from that point on. Many were shocked by Crib Death's sudden change of behavior, but in his eyes, they had betrayed AOC, and that meant they had betrayed him as well. He wouldn't help anyone with tasks anymore. He didn't fix sabotages. He spent all his time with Alk. They did their tasks together, and never separated. The rest of the station was suspicious of them. They very rarely saw them aside from meals in the cafeteria. They hadn't seen them at all that day until a body was reported. Auk and Kribdaf were in electrical. He leaned against the wall as she matched up wires. She was having a difficult time. Whoever made these suits made the gloves too big, she, she said, said frustratedly. frustratedly. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I can't see the wires with my fingers in the way. When she had volunteered to be sent up to the station, she thought it would be a bad experience. She only did it because she was accused of being unpatriotic, and she decided to prove them wrong. She was only supposed to be up here for a week, but communications to Earth were destroyed by someone on the station. She suspected it was the same person who killed Pokey. She was devastated when she found out that she would be stuck up here. But it didn't matter to her anymore. Crib death was the best thing that had happened to her since she became a congresswoman. She filled 
a hole in her life. In their time together, she had learned a lot about him. He was actually British. <laughs> he hid his accent well. He had proved it with his British rap. He has a younger brother named Eric, who also has a musical career. He goes by the name Big Money Salvia. He played her a couple songs they had recorded together. She also learned why he was up here. He and his brother Eric were taking care of their mother. He had taken a job to help fix up the station to support her. She found it admirable. It was the type of caring person he was. The sirens blared, alerting everyone to get to the cafeteria immediately. He jolted up and grabbed her by the hand, running over to the meeting. It would be safer there. Now, Alk sat next to Cribdef. Both were comforting each other. Worried energy buzzed about the room. The imposter had killed again. Are you doing Jeff or am I doing enough? Do, you, 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 you can do Geoff. Where did you find the body? Jeff asked nervously, fidgeting with his lime-colored suit. In the hallway, just outside Admin. Brown answered. His helmet slightly muffled his words. Helmets weren't necessary inside the station, but you were supposed to wear one. Brown was the only one who did. He was a pretty strict rule follower and got his work done efficiently. He mostly kept to himself, but he was fun to be around when he did talk to people. He kept his identity a secret. He said it was because he was a high-profile celebrity on Earth. That hadn't stopped Auk from revealing her identity, and it didn't stop the YouTubers on board. But secrecy is more important to some people than others. He watches a lot of... Okay, hold on. I read ahead and I saw what that was. He watches a lot of... Family guy when he finishes his tasks for the day. So everyone calls him Peter as a nickname. Kieran? Not important information. Just felt like sharing. Being my girly. We're par pairing. Wire pairing. Wire pairing. I'm fucking s swear I'm not dyslexic, guys. You're not dyslexic. You just gotta believe it. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Peter waved his hand in a dismissive reply. Sergio, you were brown. Don't worry. Was Peter. Don't worry. I already saw who it was. Who was it? AOC said eagerly. Pokimane would have justice finally. Oh, yeah, it was definitely green. Boy, let me tell you, he was eyeing the drip the whole time. They waited for Green to call out in defense of himself, but he said nothing. Hey. AOC looked around the room. Where's Green? Green was just some rando named Steve who had been sent up here, much like Jeff. After Leafy had been kicked from the station, Steve was sent up and took Leafy's spot as Green. He was nowhere to be found at the meeting. Toast isn't here Either, Jeff said, looking around. Their eyes widened at the realization. We have to go out and warn Toast before it's too late, Jeff said frantically. Probably too late already, Peter said. And almost as if on cue, the sirens blared. Green ran into the room, out of breath. Kieran? 
I got locked in comms. I he ran said, out and found to- Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> I ran out and found Toast's body. He was met with glares. It came as a shock to no one but him that he was voted out. AOC walked back to Cribdef's room with him. She'd been sharing a room with Pokey before, but it didn't feel right to stay in there anymore. Cribdef had no roommate, so she had decided to stay with him instead. They sat on his bed, watching Rick and Morty on her phone. There was no will, Wi-Fi, or cellular data, but they could still watch things they had already downloaded. She sighed. I'm sorry. I'm just feeling off tonight. She paused the episode and leaned back, resting her head on his chest. I just can't believe Greed would do this. What he did to Pokey was horrifying. Crib Death pulled out his phone and opened a song on GarageBand titled... And that's the end of that sentence. He hit play and began to rap the lyrics. All I want to do is suck my girlfriend's dick. Gotta buy a bigger bed because my girlfriend's thick. I'll be sucking on my girlfriend's dick because it tastes good. Hole in one, up in my mouth, like she's Tiger Woods. And my girl <laughs> chase me right. So I suck that dick every fucking night. She my girl. She my fantasy. Mouth full of dick with a cup full of Hennessy. God, I'm gonna fucking kill myself after this. She let his voice wash over her. And it cleared her mind of her dark thoughts, and she drifted to sleep. Well, I can tell you this, those lyrics that this guy is rapping are certainly clearing something out of my mind, and I feel like it's the brain cells. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. We have to do another one, don't we? Well, uh, yeah. Should I narrate again? I got it. She groggily woke up the next morning. She cleared her foggy eyes before getting out of bed. She smiled at Crib Death's sleeping form before brushing her hair. She tried her hardest to look preventable, presentable, professional, despite the circumstances. He woke up a short time later, and so began the routine. They both head over to Collins to check if communication Earth was back. Afterwards, they'd eat breakfast and start to do tasks. When they walked into Collins that day, they were shocked. It was fixed. Finally, they could go home. A message has been sent to Earth by Jeff. Describing the events that had taken place on board. He said it earlier that morning. A response had come in from Earth. They're sending a pod to the station to get everyone back home. It would be at Shields in 30 minutes. Two hellish months on board were coming to an end, finally. With how long ago the message had come through, the pod would be here any minute. With an excited glance at each other, they ran towards the cafeteria, eager to share the news with two other crewmates. They ran to the cafe and immediately skidded to a halt. There on the center table was Jeff. Blood coated, coated the surface and trickled down the sides of the table. It dripped off, making crimson pools on the floor. Just like the victims before, there was a hole in this chest that ribs and organs spilled out of. Brown stood hunched over Jeff, and he readjusted his bloody helmet. Death stepped in front of AOC, ready to protect. What the hell did you do to Peter? She no, what the hell did you do, Peter? Yeah, that's what I said. He was about to answer, but he stopped when he saw the message displayed on the TV. An escape pod, huh? Peter said with a chuckle. She could tell he was smirking under his helmet. We can't have that now, can we? 
he said. He launched himself off the table with a leap. Crib Def grabbed AOC's hand and ran towards weapons. Peter was quick to follow, running after them with incredible speed. Crib Def gripped the chair in the weapons room and ripped it from the ground. <laughs> he chucked it at Peter, who had just entered the room. It knocked Peter to the ground, smashing his helmet in the process. He stood back up, seemingly barely hurt from the attack. His helmet fell away, revealing his face with a mess of tentacles. The couple frantically ran through the winding halls, desperately trying to reach shield. Peter was close behind. The chair attack only brought them a small amount of time. She saw the imposter down the hall and slammed the button to close the door on him. He banged and clashed against it, trying to get at them. He slowly began to pry it open. By her estimates, it gave them an extra 40 seconds. She would take what they could get. They continued on their mad dash as they reached shields. The stumbled upon the room was probably horrified. There was no pod. Squinting through the window, they could see it rocketing towards them. They've gotten there too early, and there's no way to hold off the imposter for long enough. Pod. Crib <laughs> Def said to her before staring dramatically down the hall. <laughs> what are you doing? She said, fearful of his resigning tone. Giving you a chance. He said, before he could, re she could realize what he was doing, he ran down the hall away from a shield. He was headed straight for the imposter. She cried out to him, but he wouldn't answer. She hunched inside a storage cabin and silently hoped he returned. Crib Def ran towards the sealed door, which now mostly pried open. Peter saw him standing defiantly before him and pushed the door open enough to get through. He leapt after him, and the chase continued. Crib Def took a winding path throughout the state, keeping Peter as far away from shield as he could. He was succeeding, but he was also tiring. AOC heard a colliding sound to her right and meekly climbed out of her hiding spot. The pod had arrived. She knew she was a fool to wait, but she couldn't help it. She prayed he would return, but as time went on, she felt less and less hopeful. She heard a cry of pain in the distance followed by booming footsteps in her direction. Tears streamed down her face as she stepped into the pod and jetted away to Earth. Epiluge. Ep Epiluge. Shall I read it? Yes. <clears throat> Oak opened her apartment door and flopped down on her couch. She was exhausted from work. It had been five months since her escape from the station, and she was still haunted by it. The therapy wasn't helping. She tried to relax. She opened the voice memos app on her phone to find white noise that she could listen to. But as she scrolled, she noticed a file that she'd not seen before. It was labeled, A Song I Wrote For You. Tears formed in her eyes as she realized what it was. She pressed play and let her emotions overwhelm her. All I want to do is suck my girlfriend's dick. <laughs> Gotta buy a bigger bed because my girlfriend's thick. I'll be sucking on my girlfriend's dick because it tastes good. Holy one. Up in my mouth, like Tiger Woods. And my girl treats me right, so I suck that dick every fucking night. She my girl, she my fantasy. Mouthful of dick with a cup full of Hennessy. Grim, crib death in the place, bout to go down. Girlfriend dick up in my face, bout to chow down. Let me put my bib like I'm red lobster, like I'm at red lobster. Let me put you on the bed and suck that monster. Cause my mouth don't play no games. Deep throat, I'm shaking while I'm giving rain. Girly quaking, I'm taking the stick of all the way. And when she bout to bust, I start latching. Like, lactating. lactating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, uh, 
Uh, that a was something. AOC store. That was something. Yeah. Where the fuck uh, do you find I, the dumpster fires uh, that you pull these I, out of? I, I found it on r slash bad fan fiction. God. Uh, I memories. It, is this is this a troll? Because it was really well written for a troll. Yeah, there weren't He's enough grammatical issues. The prose was surprisingly simple and to the point. I'm. I feel like this was a parody. This had to have been a parody. Maybe? The Grid has one work, one follower, and it was created t- September 28th, 2019. Yeah, I think this is probably just fucked around. <laughs> probably. Well, hold on. Well, he joined uh, September 28th. This was written... When did this one come out? See. Uh, last updated January 29th. Huh. Well, I... I think the best part of this is the uh, cover art. The cover art is definitely the best part. <laughs> it feels uh, like an Amazon novel. For those of you who can't see it, it, it says, like, over the boot for you in a generic font, and it's like a generic space background. And there's a picture of Crib Death in, like, uh, like, like a hoodie, sunglasses, and a red shirt. And then there's AOC, but she's drawn. It looks She's like something you'd find off of DeviantArt. Yeah. It probably was pulled off of DeviantArt. Almost certainly. What a... What a story. Do we want to discuss something? Anything that's not this? Uh, have have any of you played charges. Among Us? I've not ever played Among Us, and I am very happy that I can say that. I, I've been wanting to play um, like like when it first came out, I was like, oh cool, this seems really fun. But then I just never had anybody to play the play it with. And the people that I would want to play it with were playing it with a person who will not be mentioned that I don't want to hang out with. So I so I chose not to. I see. Well one thing that I think is always interesting is how that uh some things just get blasted around the internet and it completely eclipses everything and then it becomes hated because of just how ubiquitous it is and how quickly it derails because most people are dumbasses when they try to talk about stuff well well yeah they drew they drill it into the ground and now it's just like peach like cringe humor as uh i'm glad jacob isn't here because there would have been a lot of sus 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 bent sus 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 yeah, it would have been probably less bearable if Jacob would. Th- he would have done that too. Uh, we would yeah, have complained, I, I, and he would have still done it. That fucking I, crazy bastard. I, I have a I have a slight story to tell of when we were at Colossal Con because Jake kept making like uh, Among Us references just 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 constantly. And there was a part where we were walking to like the uh, the Kalahari water park, and we were in the hotels, and there were these paintings up on the wall. And Jacob just points to one of them and go. That shit looks like the battle pass. And I, I nearly fell over from laughing. The battle pass is a thing from Fortnite. <laughs> so the, so the, the joke for the rest of the con was as an insult, just saying things look like the battle pass. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I've, 
I played Fortnite twice in my We're life. We're no longer friends right. anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I think just two games. It was with, um, I think they were both with Nate. Nobody knows who, who, nobody who's listening to this knows who Nate is, but he's a, just another friend. And, um, fucking, it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Uh, I don't even want to say that about it. But, yeah, Epic made an okay game in it. I just find it so funny that the Battle Royale was a sub-game mode of Fortnite. It was not the main yeah. mode. And then it became like 80 billion times more popular than anything in existence. And then it became the most overused genre in over the course of like three or four years. Yep. And it also literally lets Epic do anything they want because they will always make money off of it. Well, look, they just put Rick and Morty in it. I mean, what the Dan fuck? Superman. Yep. Yep. Uh, don't remind me. Please don't ever remind oh, me. Uh, Y'all remember Thanos and Fortnite? Yes. I don't want to. <laughs> but yes, I do. I always have. Always will. I will. But has there ever been anything that became that popular and didn't start getting hated or trashed or torn apart because it wasn't uh, very good? I mean, the, the most recent thing I could think of was prior to that was Undertale. That's true. Mm. I can't really think of anything like that. Because mm. usually things that like blow up, you qu- usually quickly like die down. Oh, I was going to say, we kind of hopped into this quickly. Is there anything that we want to advertise in the next coming episodes? Because we have some uh, stuff in the works. So, 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 we'll, so we'll be back to our, our, regular, our regular schedule. Um, oh, that's right, because this is going up on Monday. Yes. So we'll try to get, we'll try to get back to our, our regular schedule. Well, I guess that, 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 that means we won't be doing <laughs> Chain of Memories this week. Uh, maybe we could squeeze that. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out. But next week is Gamer Girl Summer. Yep. And it will be glorious. Which we still don't have a cover art yet, so we will have to nag a certain somebody to get that done. Yep, and then, uh... Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yes, I was thinking about this, but, um... Jacob and Michael left really quickly last time. We should make a part one Chain of Memories summary episode. And we'll just have one of the weeks out of the year be one giant maybe like hour and a half summary of what the hell happens in the first half of chain of memories. Maybe get some, so of, those, have uh, to remember. some of those stats compiled from Michael. Can, can, can I, can I just forget? No. Uh, what a, what an amazing book series. <sighs> We're going to say something. No, I was just in awe of what, what 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 that was not 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 AOC but just chain of memories just 220 sub pages of something sure was something 
I am somewhat, I am somewhat hopeful for a change of pace because I'm so sick and tired of Sora and Briku and their murderous ways and the melodrama whether or not Sora was going to come back. Yeah, it did. Um, I think it did genuinely get better as it went on, but that's not saying anything. <laughs> Oh, there were so many problems the first half of that book. Just, I can't even say problems. It doesn't feel like a real book sometimes. I think you can say that for a lot of the things that we read. Yeah, probably. I probably could. We all collectively could about just about anything. But, uh, well... I don't think we have a whole lot to discuss in this episode, unless anybody has a last-minute thing they want to bring up. Um, no? Not really. I think we can uh, wrap it up here. I hope you all enjoyed listening, and we will be back to with you on Friday. Yep. Make sure you follow the Twitter for the podcast and anybody else you want to listen to. Upload on Monday and Friday. And uh, Is there any good place? Where do we look for feedback? Does anybody give feedback? No one has given feedback in the history Fuck. of ever. Uh, tweet at us if we sound yes. like shit. That's a pretty good oh. one. <laughs> Not Kieran. There's nowhere to tweet at for him. He doesn't exist. I mean, not that I want anyone to know the fuck About to dox Kieran's Discord. Send all complaints to this man's Discord <laughs> at. <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, you can send them at, uh, at watchmojo.com. Yeah, that, that's who you send them at. All right. Goodbye.